Welcome to the Power of Investing in People podcast. I am your host, Shay Sparks, Chief Excitement Officer of Sparks of Fire International, where we spark leaders in transition who are unclear, go from fear to fired up about their life and business. And if you wish to talk more in depth about coaching, heart and mind fitness, brainstorming for your business, podcasting, and or veteran resources, connect with me, Shay, today at the Calendly link in the show notes on your podcast platform. And today, our guest is the amazing Dustin Heiner. Welcome to the show, Dustin. Hi, Shay. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Yeah, I I really just love being able to jump on great podcasts and talk to great people like you because honestly, because I'm a real estate investor, I literally don't work. It makes my properties work for me and make me money. I make money in passive income. So I just go to the gym, hang out with my family, and then come on podcasts and talk to great people like you. So I appreciate you having me on. Well, thank you. I want to be you when I grow up. <laughs> <laughs> and I got to say, I love love the title of your podcast. Like by far, it's mm. it's fantastic because I know your your first question is going to jump right into it, which I have something I want to say, but I just yeah. had to say that the title of the podcast is awesome because it, everything's about people. So we'll yes. get into that. But yeah, I, I yes. just had to say that. <laughs> well, thank you. And I do want to give a shout out to James Van Puren, who connected us a few months ago and with your schedule, my schedule finally connected. So Thank you for being patient to jump on and totally. You know, yeah, and, James is awesome too. Yes. And I love when I get connected to people because it's like, ooh, what nugget does our friends know about us that we need to talk? And clearly, when he said that you're the real estate guy, I was like, well, yes, I am into real estate investing myself. I'm a newbie. So, yes, I can't wait to dive into this. Let's do it. So for those of you who don't know, Dustin Heiner is a real estate investing expert and founder of the masterpassiveincome.com. Not to be <laughs> not to be uh thinking it's massive income, massive passive, which would be really funny. <laughs> <laughs> he has been successfully unemployed at 37 by investing in real estate rental properties. He is now on a mission to help everyone quit their job and never have a job again. He also helps his students build successful real estate investing businesses all over the world. Through his work at masterpassiveincome.com, he has become one of the leading real estate rental property experts. He even wrote a book back in 2015, How to Quit Your Job with Rental Properties, which quickly became a bestseller. And from there, he began his new business, helping others to invest in real estate properties. And you can connect with him on his website at masterpassiveincome.com. And, and we will have that in the show notes. So Dustin, clearly we have so much to talk about and not enough time, but I love to just jump right in and ask, what does investing in people mean to you? Yeah. So I love the idea. And I mean, the reason why I love the title is because everything is literally about people. So when you think about real estate investing, we easily think of real estate investing as about properties. No, that's not true. Real estate is about people. Yes. And business is not about a product. It's about people. Yes. Life is not about, you know, just actions. No, it's about people. Everything goes back to people. When you really, really boil everything down, a person you're buying a house from, you're buying it from a seller, a person. If you work with them, get them what they need, and they will help you get what you need, then it works out. I love that when you're investing in people, 
you're doing a number of things. You're getting a win, 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 where not just you win, not just the seller win, but somebody else wins on top of that. Like I love that my tenants win as well, because I had a good property that can have them rent at a good price. But in total properties is not what real estate's all about. Real estate is about people. Business is about people. Life is about people. So my idea of investing in people is now my goal. In fact, I'll quickly say my first goal was to quit my job when I was 37 years old. I was blessed in 10 years. I said, when I was 27, 10 years, I want to quit my job. Blessed at 37 years old to be able to quit my job. My next goal after that now is to help 1 million people mm -hmm. to achieve financial independence by investing in real estate or starting business or something like that. So now I'm investing in people. Now what's great investing in people is their lives are changing, but my life gets better as their life changes as well. So everything is about people. Mm, I totally agree. I've often said we're in the, we're all in the people business. Yeah, absolutely. A and especially people who have corporate America jobs and work for major corporations, they lose sight of that. Yeah. And um, I love that you said, you know, it doesn't just help the seller. It also helps the real estate agent, helps the investor, the lender, the like all the title company, all the different moving parts to to real estate. If you lose sight that it's about people, then you start becoming more uh, like things centered, like 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 a money or a specific. Let's say it might be a car you want to drive. Like it makes it about inanimate objects that mm. literally don't matter. In fact, when you're on your deathbed, you're not going to wish. I I wish I was working more. I wish I worked more hours at work. You're not going to think that. You're going to think, man, I wish I would have spent more time in people or especially your, your spouse and your children, your immediately family members, like you're going to wish, and you're gonna look back on your life and say, it's about people. So absolutely. We don't make it about things. We make it about people. I completely agree with you. And that's one of the things being a, a, a newbie real estate investor myself, for me, I want to be able to create kind of a, a retreat away from home with Airbnbs, you know, and be able to like, have a mini, not just have a vacation, but really feel like as if a, this home was carefully thought out for them to stay in while they're gone. And that's something you can do with Airbnb is you create an experience. You create, it's not just the place, like making sure the house looks good. No, they're going to get away from something to be either a vacation or whatever it might be, but you want to give them an experience. And that's something that yes. I love to show with my students is like, if you're doing short-term midterm or long-term midterm, you like traveling your nurses and CEOs and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Long-term would be long-term tenants. If we make sure that we're taking care of who our actual customer is, the person behind it, we take care of them. Our business is going to get better and better. Mm, I love that. I love it. Well, you mentioned something earlier and I just want to kind of take, take us back for a minute. You mentioned that for 10 years, 27 to 37, you are hustling and grinding and working hard. So take us back to that and tell us what was happening in your life that you were, were you always into real estate or did you do something else before then? So, yes, you guys know that I quit my job when I was 37, but I didn't start that way. I didn't have that goal when I was growing up. In fact, I, like every single person, we're all taught this exact plan for our life. You go to school, you get good grades. And then you get those good grades, you go to college, you get in thousands and thousands of dollars into debt, and you get a piece of paper with those good grades, and it's called a degree, and you go around from job to job or potential job, you know, businesses, to hopefully get a career. And then you work 40 plus years of your life, mm -hmm. and then retire when you're 65, and hopefully 
live the rest of your life on what you managed to save. Well, I'm literally doing the exact same thing. And so much so, I got the most uh, risk-averse job ever. I was in California. So look, California is not going away. I was working for a local county government. That's not going away. And I was doing IT or technology work. So all three of those are not going away. So the most stable, secure job ever. But at the same time, I've always been entrepreneurial, you know, starting businesses and that type of thinking. And I, when I was growing up, I had a newspaper out. The very first, you know, kind of quote unquote job, business I had, you know, that's where you ride on Mm -hmm. a bike with newspapers. You throw them at 5 a.m. and bang them on garage doors, waking Mm -hmm. people up. I had a graphic and website design company was in college. I had a skateboard manufacturing business. I even started a convenience store and a pizzeria all from scratch because I wanted some extra income, but at the same time, still working that same nine to five job. Now, my wife and I got married and I'm still working that nine to five desk job. And we got married and I bought one rental property at the time because I'm a businessman. I thought, okay, it'd be good to buy investments. And I with that buying that first property, I was amazed. I made, I think it was like $317, like the check. I remember it literally $317 from my property manager who did all the work, my property did all the work. And I just made money that first month. And I thought, my goodness, I need to stop doing anything else and just be an investor. But Shay, you know how it happens. Mm-hmm. Life just starts getting away. So I got to tell you something that happened to me of what catapulted me to become a real estate investor. Yeah. So I'm still working that nine to five job and life got in the way and my wife and I started having children. So we had child after child. Eventually we had our fourth child. And after my wife gave birth, I went on paternity leave. That's where the dad stays home with the mom, changes poopy diapers and bonds with the baby and all that good (laughs) stuff. And so I, after those two weeks, I go back to work. And in that week, I go back to work. I get a call from my boss's, boss's, boss's secretary, like the top dog. And she says, Dustin, would you please come to the office? And I said, Sure. And I hung up the phone and I paused for a second. I thought, why are they calling me to the office? Like, this isn't normal. And I've seen like, plenty of movies Friday at three 30 in the afternoon. That's not a good sign. It's like but the then principal's the, office, but worse. <laughs> but yeah, worse. But worse. And then I started remembering before I went on paternity leave a couple months before there were some rumors or some rumbling going on that there could be potential layoffs in the County or especially mm. our department because they were running low on funds. I immediately shook that off. I said, there's no way. I've been a great employee, 12, 13 years seniority here. I got the most stable job ever. My boss is thinking do a great job. So I shook it off. So I get up and I go down the hallway to my boss's office. Now, Shay, this hallway isn't very long. And in fact, it, it's kind of short, but every single step I take, it felt like the hallway got longer and mm. longer and longer. And it felt like my feet became lead bricks because every step I take, it started weighing on me that I could potentially lose my job here. Now I get through the hallway and I turn the corner and I see my boss's door. His door is closed. And I look at his secretary, super sweet, nice old lady. And she's kind of grinning at me, sheepishly grinning at me and kind of consoling me with her eyes because she knows everything about Mm -hmm. what's going on. I know nothing about what's going on. She says, Dustin, would you please have a seat? So I go and I sit down and I start thinking about my life. All this, all my life, following this plan that everybody told me to do, my goodness, if I get laid off right now, if I lose my job, would that, that make my entire life a waste? And then mm-hmm. I started thinking, oh, if I don't have a job, I can't feed my family. What does that make me as a father? Does that make me a failure as a father? Does that make me a failure as a husband, as a man trying to provide for his family? Mm-hmm. Well, as I'm sitting there, my hands get all clammy. My forehead gets all sweaty because the weight of everything is just crushing down me. Sure. Then the door to my boss's office opens up. Out walks a lady, a coworker of mine with a piece of paper in her hands. She is noticeably distraught, noticeably upset, not necessarily crying, but you could tell her world has been totally rocked. She passes by me and my boss says, Dustin, would you please come into the office? 
I get up and I go into his office and I get laid off. And remember, mm-hmm. this is the government. Nobody right. gets fired or laid off from the right. government, but I did. And so I take that layoff notice and I go back to my desk and I realize two things sitting there. And this is the reason why I tell the story. Hopefully everybody grabs this. I realize number one, I need to get another job. I need to be able to provide for my family. So I'm really blessed. Uh, praise the Lord. I was able to find another job in the same county, a whole different apartment, wasn't having issues. Praise the Lord. Check. Got another yeah. job. Fix that problem. But sitting in that chair, the second thing that I realized was that I need to make sure that this never, ever happens to me again. Mm-hmm. I need to make sure that nobody has the ability to take away my ability to feed my family. So right then and there, I realized that anytime anybody would ask me the question, Dustin, what do you do? We all get that question, but I usually reply just like most people. I say, oh, I work for the county. I do IT work for the county. I'm basically projecting my value in myself as coming from my job. My value doesn't come from my job. My value comes from my God, from myself, and from my family. So right then and there, I realized no longer will I ever project my value as coming from my job. From that point forward, I said, and you know, I wanted to be an investor, but life got in the way. So right then and there, I said, from now on, I'm going to tell every single person I meet, I'm a real estate investor. It may so happen that 100% of my money comes from my job. That's now my part-time job. I am a full-time investor. So I'll fast forward the story. Started buying property after property after property, each one making me $250 a month in passive income without working. Mm -hmm. And eventually I had 30 plus properties. And I I was like, man, why am I still working here? Even though I make $75,000 a year here, I'm losing money. So the last part of the story, I went to my new boss, great boss and all, but I went to my new boss and said, hey boss, I'm laying you off. Like here's your two weeks notice, you know, jokingly. And he said, Dustin, what are you going to do? And I said, well, I don't have to do anything. I literally own real estate. It makes me money without working. So the last part of the story is, if you remember that hallway that I walked down to where I got laid off, that short hallway that got longer and longer and longer. Well, I walked away from my job for the very last time. It was a mile and a half walk. I've done it a thousand times. I didn't want to pay for parking because I'm too cheap, but I was working in downtown. I felt like I was walking on clouds because I Mm. knew I would never, ever need a job again because I realized my value is so much more than anybody could ever pay me. So everybody, listen to this. You need to realize your value is so much more than anybody could ever pay you. And this is how you'll know your boss is paying you just enough to keep you working without quitting, but not so much money that's taking money out of their pocket. As soon as you realize that you're worth so much more than anybody can ever pay you, you'll know that you can actually do anything on your own and still be able to provide for yourself and your family. So that's what I did. I put that this big traumatic thing that I could have just, I could have said, okay, life is over and just went into a shell, but I didn't. I knew my family, family needed me. My newborn literally needs me. And so I picked myself up and I said, I'm going to make this happen. So I'll, I'll pause the story because you probably got plenty of questions. <laughs> I do. And I love the story. I thank you so much for sharing what you have so far. So I'm curious, how many years from the layoff to the other job where you did you actually work? Oh, so from the layoff, I worked about six, uh, maybe five to maybe six years. And so worked hard, like I sacrificed, we didn't, well, I mean, we had top ramen and macaroni and cheese, we didn't go on vacations. I saved all the money that I made from my properties and from my work, so that I can then buy the next property, because I realized mm. every penny that went to something else was one less penny that would go to my properties. Gotcha. And it's delayed gratification. Yep. You keep working hard, knowing it's going to pay off in the end. And now, looking back, I now have generational wealth that I will literally be giving these properties mm. to my kids. I love that. And and it, 
I just want to mention a few things that you said. So first of all, generational wealth, I think is huge. And so many people don't even think about generational wealth. They're so stuck in the, the microwave society of the instant gratification that we are, right? So I love that you mentioned that. Where did you learn that generational wealth was important? That's a fantastic question. So it came down to when my mom and stepdad had passed away. My biological dad's still living. But when my mom and stepdad passed away, my mom was 56 years old. My my dad was 55 years old when they passed. Stepdad was 55. They literally didn't have anything, didn't give us anything, which, you know, it's okay. It's just the way it is. Um, but then I realized that it would have been nice if they had been able to leave something for me. From that point forward, I started thinking about my children. But then at the same time, I had other people that I knew as investors. They were either selling their properties because they wanted to cash in and get their money. And I started thinking, well, if I sell a property, then that's a that's something that's not making me money. But if I keep it, I will literally be making money until I die and it'll literally go to my kids. So it was the mm -hmm. it was a combination of both of those, but then also with four kids, I want them to realize that their value is so much more than anybody can pay them. So I'm living that embodiment to them mm -hmm. and then teaching them. I'm literally currently teaching them how to invest in real estate, as well as my daughter actually edits my own podcast that I have. She <laughs> edits the podcast. So they're working in the business. Yeah. All that to say, it was realizing, and I read the Bible. The Bible says, uh, I believe it's something like the, the a man's blessed who lives an inheritance for his children's children. Like, yes. well, that's something I yes. really need to do. Mm, I love that. Yes. And so many people, you know, again, they, they miss that. So I love that you were you, one, you experienced it yourself of the lack of, and you made a decision that I am not going to let my kids live like this. Absolutely. And that was something that really hit home for me. Like I said, when uh, my mom and stepdad had passed away, but now looking at my kids, I'm, I'm realizing because it really got to be like, I'm not that, uh, I'm definitely not driven by money. In fact, if you remember, I said my first goal was to quit my job in 10 years. Now my second goal is to help a million people to invest in real estate. In the middle there, I had a different goal. So when I quit my job, I was like, after about a year of not having a, a goal, I said, well, I need something. I need something to help me drive, you know, push forward. So I made a new goal of making it a million dollars in all my businesses. Like I was like, let me, I want to make a million dollars. And it wasn't because I wanted the money. It was just a quantitative number, like to, yeah. to shoot for. But I kid you not, Shay, I was so put off by that. I'm not driven by money at all. In fact, that's, it's like, it was a deterrent. I was like, I don't even care about this goal. But as soon as I made it about people investing in people and making it now, I want to help a million people become financially independent by real estate or businesses. I've, I, I in re reinvigorated. In fact, that was something that, um, that James and I talked about a lot because I have my own conference called the real estate wealth builders conference. Mm -hmm. It's all it's, well, I'll say this. Most real estate conferences you go to they're sales pitches. It's always hype and then run to the back. It's normally, you know, $30,000, yep. but it's $1,000 today. Mm -hmm. None of that. It's literally, if you, you've been to podcast movement or other conferences mm -hmm. where it's just about community, that's mm -hmm. what this is all about. So I created this conference because I knew we can build a community of awesome real estate investors who are genuine people that want to give, that aren't takers and do that to help everybody, their lives get better. So that's another, everything from my podcast to my coaching to the conference it's all me investing in people because honestly, I get so much more joy out of somebody buying their property than me buying my own property. It's it's crazy. I'm like, I get so pumped up. And then when they quit their job, it feels like I quit my job all over again because I'm just say I'm blessed to be a part of seeing that in somebody else. It's so much more of a blessing to be a part of that as opposed to me doing it myself. 
Mm. The thing I love about being an entrepreneur is that you're not limited to one stream of income, like a job, right? And I love how you have really transitioned from you have rental properties, real estate, and then you became, oh, you're like, oh, maybe I could coach people. Oh, maybe I could have a um a, a workshop, a reach, whatever did you call it? A retreat? Conference, a, a full conference. conference, yeah. Yeah, or, you know, what if I start a podcast? So there's all these different avenues that people who were working behind the desk or the nine to five, the W2, whatever you want to call it, they literally are so focused on one thing. And then when all of this opportunity comes about, when you step out of your comfort zone and become an entrepreneur, I just find that we have your mindset just expands so much more. And I love that that you notice that as a child, you had like looked back and went, okay, I've already had all these businesses. That's clearly my mindset. So is there some advice that you would give someone who is in a nine to five or I have most of my my guests or most of my audiences is that person. They're working a nine to five and they're like, okay, maybe I need to start my own business, but I'm terrified. Or maybe they're in the military and they're just coming out and going to civilian life and they're in that transition. What advice would you give them? The biggest advice I would realize or help people to realize is the value that they have in themselves. So I'll start there, but there's so much more that I'll add to it. But the value that you have is inherently much more than anybody could ever pay you, number one. Number two, other people that you could potentially help out is they're they're literally like you're one step ahead. You might be two steps, 10 steps, 100 steps ahead. Who, who knows what, how, many far, how far you are? But as soon as you start realizing that that you have value inherently in yourself, your experiences, your God-given gifts and talents and stuff like that, you can then help other people. That's one for like coaching. Mm-hmm. Along with that, what I've also realized with streams of income. Now, I love streams of income. In fact, I got I have lots and lots of streams of income. But what happens, I love the streams of income but they flow into my river of income, which is my real estate investing. Mm-hmm. It goes right back into there because I create more money, more generational wealth, all that combined. And so what I would suggest for somebody who is wanting to become an entrepreneur, number one, learning how to be an entrepreneur, that's, 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 that, that takes a lot of time, but you could also you know, get coaches or get somebody like listen to, to Shay's podcast and really just keep growing in that regard. But that's, that's the first one is realizing how much value you have then start putting the time and effort into learning how, just like if you went to college, you spent thousands and thousands of dollars to go to college to get a piece of paper. Well, you might want to hire somebody that already is a business coach or somebody that's an investing coach or whatever it might be to fast track you. It's because you're either going to pay with your time or your money. Those are two ways. But if you think about it, the only thing that you could never get back, the only thing that commodity that you could spend and never get back is your time. Mm-hmm. Now, if you spend your money, you can make more money. I'll give you an example. So I have students that come and start working with me and they pay me because they're literally getting my time. They have to pay me for my time. With that, I show them how to buy one property, build a business that buys one property, and makes $250 a month in passive income. And then they could duplicate that over and over again. The money that they I charge them is nothing compared to how much they grow in their business. I mean, one property that makes them $250 a month, that's $3,000 a year. 10 properties at $250 a month, that's $2,500 a month, $30,000 a year without working, five, or sorry, 20 properties is $5,000 a month, $60,000 a year. So what they I charge them is literally nothing compared to that. 
if you're thinking about uh, becoming an entrepreneur, somebody who wants to number investor, business owner, entrepreneur, number one, realize the value. Number two, realize that when you quit your, oh, this is added, added to it. Uh, when you quit your job, you have 40 plus hours of your life back to devote to yourself. That value that you have, you're now only putting that into your own businesses, your own investing. Now, I literally have four businesses that make me money without me working. I create. I love to create passive income. That's why I created Master Passive Income. I love creating passive income businesses. But with that, I even hire employees. I have them. They love to work for me. They want to work and they make the everything better for themselves and their families because they're working a job. With that, if you have the idea that you have, you're worth more than anybody can ever pay you, Number two, you have more time if you were to quit your job. Number three, my suggestion, because I had a wife and four kids, build up so that you could eventually quit your job. Don't, I would say, don't just up and quit right now just to get 40 hours. You need to be able to pay your bills. And mm -hmm. like, my wife would not let me quit my job <laughs> until, in fact, I said, hey, honey, how, what's our expenses so that I can you know, know how much to make? I remember the number clearly, $4,200, mortgage, insurance, you know, all that food and all that sort of stuff. So I said, that's great. So I just did math. Eventually, once I had 20, 30 properties, I was like, I don't need to work anymore. So my goal or my suggestion is realize your value. Mm -hmm. Number two, learn. Number three, with that, start putting all your efforts into building up some sort of business or investment. Like start working now. Like I said, I sacrificed. I, this is Shay. This is my, this was my daily routine as I was building my businesses and having businesses and working a job and having kids. I would wake up at 4.30 cause I would go to the gym at five, did CrossFit for an hour, then take a shower, run to my business. It was a convenience store, open it up, have the employees all set up, have them working, then run to my job like at 7.30, 8 o'clock, work all day until five or so, go back to my business, close up the business, all the while trying to invest, try to buy properties, and then get home around eight o'clock say goodnight to the kids, eat some dinner, and then do it all over again. But I did that because of delayed gratification. I knew in the future, this would all pay off. And I'm blessed, praise the Lord, now that I literally don't have to work now because that hard work has absolutely paid off. So work hard, invest in yourself, realize that you have more value than anybody could ever pay you. Mm, I love those. And, you know, you've been such a success. And I just want to kind of touch base on some of the uh, numbers you threw out there. Those are a lot of numbers and those are pretty lofty numbers. You want me to have what, 20 properties, 30 properties you mentioned. So can you break it down for us to, to the listener and the viewer to really understand when you have one property, what that allows you to do to buy the next one? That is that's a brilliant question on a deeper level too, because I'll tell you how I first got started and it's the wrong way, but I'll tell you this. I, mean, I want you to quickly forget it. So in 2006, <laughs> when I first started investing, I was watching and I, I didn't have any investing knowledge or anything. And I had, I was like 2 AM. I was listening, watching TV, one of those late night infomercials, the real estate gurus, Hey, we're coming to your town. There's going to be a free two hour seminar. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. And so I was like, Wow, free seminar? I went to it. I went to I had no clue what I was doing or what their business plan was. So I went there, all hype, all sales pitch. And they said, run to the back. And it's normally $30,000, but it's only, it's on sale for $1,000 right now for the first, you know, 100 people. So I ran to the back all excited and I bought into the two-day seminar, which was another sales pitch for more courses, like a $30,000 course, a $50,000. It was just ridiculous. Wow. But what I did was I took a little bit of what they said. I say, if you're going to invest in real estate, 
you want to find up, and this is the wrong way. I'll quickly tell you, but you'll quickly forget it because I'll give you the right way. Because yeah. your question, how to start with that first one and then scale it, the, yes. the term is scaling or the growing. Mm -hmm. That's what we're going to get into. So I'm leading all into that. So this is the wrong way. They tell you, find a property anywhere in the country, and then you run the numbers. That means you check your expenses, make sure you can rent it for $50 more every single month. And they said, you'll, you'll get appreciation, which is what you're investing for, which I'll pause this and say, I don't invest for, for appreciation. In fact, I'm going to give these properties to my kids. So it doesn't matter if it appreciates, I'm still going to make money in rents. But they say, run the numbers, make sure you're making $50 in passive income, make sure you get appreciation, then spend thousands of dollars to buy the property, then spend thousands of dollars to fix up the property. Mm. Then you find a tenant and then you find a property manager. Well, that's literally just about backwards. In fact, what they also tell you, you buy one property and that property is your business. No, 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 no. We're investors. We build businesses and those businesses own the properties. I did it the wrong way. And I'm going to tell you the right way, but that wrong way, I followed them. My property manager started stealing from me within six months. It was mm -hmm. horrible. Now, if I would have just given up, I wouldn't be here today, but I knew there had to be a way. And I've also started businesses before. So I said, let me approach this from a business mindset. Hold if on. I, I want to just oh, stop okay. you for a second. Yes. How did you find out that she was, or he, with your business proper was stealing from you? It was a she, and it was because the statements wouldn't add up. Like mm. the receipts that she was sending me, she made up receipts that looked like, this looks like a shady receipt. Um, the numbers weren't ever adding up. And mm. so it was just so many things that, and also I found out she started her own, like another, like a sub sandwich business and that was going under. So she was just siphoning money from me. Anyways, wow, just so many things lined up and then I had to fire her really quick. Well, thank goodness you found it. Totally, totally. Yeah. But once that happened, actually it was, that was the catalyst to me, helped me to realize it's not just my property is my business. I need to create a business that then owns the property. So give me an example of what that looks like. Mm. If you're going to start a convenience store, and I always say this every single, everywhere I go, we build the business first in real estate or any business. Now, if you're going to start a convenience store, you know, a convenience store, candy bar, soda machines, well, you're not going to sign a lease on a locations, open the doors and set a box of candy bars in there on the ground. No, you go out of business in two seconds. What you would do is you would build the business first. You get the gondolas, the shelving units, you get the countertops, the cold storage, the bank accounts, cash registers, insurance, employees, everything in the business before you buy any inventory. Same thing with real estate investing. We build the entire business first and then we buy a piece of property. Now that property becomes our inventory and we put that into the business. Now, when you asked about the question of starting with one and then growing to be able to mm -hmm. do that, this is how we do it. We don't buy one property and then say, okay, let's start it all over again. No, we build the business first, have the right property managers, contractors, roofers, inspectors, plumbers, insurance agents, mortgage brokers, realtors, all these people knowing how to run our business well. And then once we have that built, then and only then do we then buy the first property. And then all we do is just buy another piece of inventory and put that into our business. Now, what that looks like to build a business for real estate investing is we find any area in the country, in fact, I invest in Ohio, Texas, and Arizona. My students, we invest all over the country as well. Because if you're going to build a business, it might not, I'll give you the convenience store analogy. Now, if you're going to own a convenience store, you might own 100 candy bars, but you might only like one or two. You're not going to eat 100, but there are other customers that would love every single one of those candy bars. Same thing with your properties. You may never, ever visit those. In fact, all the 30 plus properties that I own now, I've only seen one of them before I bought it. And so literally all of them, wow. I just hire experts. Yeah. They do all the work for me in all areas of my business. With that, 
I count on them. I give them the business systems, processes, and procedures. And honestly, Shay, with that, you know, a lot of people have heard the book, The 4-Hour Workweek, you know, the premise mm -hmm. is try to only work four hours a week. Well, in my opinion, I think four hours a week is for suckers. I don't want to work four hours a week. I don't even want, <laughs> even want to work four hours a month. I maybe work 30 minutes a month. I grab the property management statement, mm -hmm. look at it, make sure everything looks good, and then put it aside and go back to playing with my kids. It's because mm -hmm. I built the business first and I found the right people. Last thing I'll say, because I know you got questions. If you started that convenience store and then you then found somebody walking down the street and say, hey, you got a pulse. Come on in and manage my business, manage my inventory, manage my money, manage my customers, manage my employees. You would probably have a bad employer, bet somebody that's actually going to go wrong. Same thing with real estate investing. We do not buy a property until our manager and we hire managers. We hire slow when we fire fast. That's why I got rid of my property manager very quickly. Hired slow, find a really good property manager. Those property managers, there are the experts on the ground. Zillow's not an expert. Truly at Redfin, those are not experts. They're just databases. Mm -hmm. The property managers, the realtors, the inspectors, the plumbers, the roofers, they're the experts. So it doesn't matter where in the country it is, as long as we find and hire the right experts, they are the ones that run the business for us. And we just give them the right systems and procedures and processes so that all we need to do then is just buy another piece of inventory and put it into the business. Does that all make sense? It does to me, only because I'm from that world, from the uh, real estate <laughs> investing world. And I and I just want to circle back. What you mentioned is you had built relationships with all of these different people, which is literally going back to investing in, in the people. Absolutely. So that's kind of my question is it's not about the actual building, acquiring the inventory into the business. It's about how did you find in a different state someone that's a real estate agent or a property manager or, you know, someone that, you know, was a handyman to work on your your properties? So the very first time I did this, I was living in California and I started investing in Ohio. I literally, in 2006, so I flew out to Ohio because California was so expensive back then and sure. rents were so low. I just couldn't make money. Flew to Ohio, found a realtor and a property manager, bought a property, put them together. And then I had a property. That's how I failed. That's just that was the wrong way. The right way is to build a business first. Now, this was 2006. This is before podcasts. This oh, is before yeah. all this sort of the, everything. The, the boom, was, the, the whatever you want to call it, the bust. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It was so so. Yeah. Yeah. And so I well pausing the idea. I'll, I'll get to how to find the right people. But because we invest for passive income, every single month money comes in. What no matter if the market goes up, if the market goes down, if the market goes sideways because we're making money every single month. Remember, it's a business. Just like if you're going to buy a candy bar and you know, without a shadow of a doubt, you could sell it for $1 each, but your cost is 50 cents. You would buy as many as you could because you make 50 cents. But here's a, another great thing about real estate. Let's say you'd even have the 50 cents to buy the candy bar, but it costs you 25 cents to borrow the 50 cents. So your costs are 75 cents, but you could still sell it for a dollar. You'd be doing that all day, every day because you'd still be making money. Same thing with real estate investing. Now, get into the thought of finding the right people. Because remember, like I said, I've only literally only seen one of the properties before I bought it of, of the 30 plus properties I own in syndications, which is like a multifamily. I've only seen one of them. I don't care to fly out there anymore. In fact, I flew out there, did everything wrong. And I realized, huh, I didn't need to fly out there. What it takes is phone calls and interviewing the right people. Now to find them, now currently you can go to Google, you can go to Yelp, you, little uh, tip would be if you find 
if you go to Craigslist and you find a bunch of homes for rent and you find the same phone number, that's probably a property manager and, you know, multiple mm. different ones. Call them up. There's a lot of uh, good little tips that I could give everybody. So what we do then is we interview the person, just like the convenience store manager. You're not actually just going to grab somebody. You're going to interview lots of people, ask them lots of questions. But if you're in person, that's great. What's the next best thing? Phone calls. So you're interviewing people. Now, here's a here's a big tip. You guys will easily get this or know this. Texting is not an interview. Email is not an interview. You can't hear their voice. You can't mm-hmm. hear if they sound competent. You can't hear if they sound trustworthy from texting or emails. Interview, phone interviews are the only way. Now, Zoom is great, but it'll be hard to lock down a lot of property managers. They're so busy. So what I do is I interview property managers, multiple, many property managers. I don't just take the first one that says, yes, I'm a property manager. That's bad. In fact, I have so many people that I know have done that. And instead of, you know, call, hey, property manager, here's my property. It's on number one Happy Street. Will you manage the property? Countless times they say, no, I would never manage that property. I'll get shot if I go over there. So no. <laughs> so you don't have an asset anymore. You have a liability because you have yeah. to figure out how to manage that. So what we do is we, like I said, build the business and then we get the experts. How much better would it be if you say, hey, property manager, I'm looking to buy this property on number one Happy Street. Mm. What are your thoughts about it? How much can I rent it for? What type of clientele? Will you manage it? What's the vacancy factor? All these different questions. And they say, no, don't buy that. It's a bad area. You're like, oh, shoot. I'm so glad I didn't buy it mm-hmm. because I would have spent thousands of dollars. Now, the experts are there. So what we do is we hire the experts by interviewing them multiple times to make sure that the right people in the business. Then on top of that, we also have other people, like let's say a property manager, a all three, like property manager, contractor, and let's say a plumber. We have all of them almost check on each other. Like I say, hey, plumber, you're working on a toilet. The property manager said that the inside of the house was cleaned out. Could you just quickly walk through the inside and just, just take two seconds and just let me know if it looks clean. If it doesn't, then I could get on them. So there's so many little tips and tricks that I give everybody to how to make your business processes, systems, and procedures run without you even being there. But it starts with the right people. Like I said, the wrong person I hired started stealing from me with six months. The right people, I've literally have property managers that have been with me for 16, 17 years now. And all I do is get money from them. I don't really ever talk to them because they run the business well. Mm, I love that. And, and again, you're, it reminds me of the book. Um, it's not It's not how, it's who. Who, absolutely. And you are finding the people whose gifts are the property managers. So yeah. what? how awesome, really. You're, you're, and you're not hoarding, I'll say that you're not hoarding it, trying to do it all yourself. You're really being such an amazing hero by being present to your children because you can walk away from your business and it's no longer, you know, some people start businesses and really what you are is a slave into that business. Right. Totally. So that's the thing I love about real estate investing is it's not about being a slave to the business. It's about letting it work for you. So let me add one thing, because a lot of people get this question and they get this thought in their head that they say, Dustin, how do you afford your property manager? You know, like, like man, man, that, that's like so expensive. Well, here's what it comes down to. Remember, we own businesses, just like if you bought a candy bar, if you bought a candy bar for a dollar twenty five, but you can only sell it for a dollar. You're going to lose money. You wouldn't do that. Right. What we do is we build the business. Now, you're going to get this, Shay. So I don't pay for my mortgage. I don't mm-hmm. pay for my taxes. 
I don't pay for my property manager. I don't pay for my parents. I don't pay for any of that stuff. Insurance, my tenants pay for all of that. Now the money goes into me, but then I pay all the bills. But what it comes down to when somebody asks me, well, Dustin, how do you afford property managers? I say, I don't. I don't buy a property unless it actually has the expense of the property manager. Just like if I can't afford the mortgage, I don't buy the property. If I can't afford the insurance, I don't buy the property. And if I don't afford all those in the rents, and this is how I do it. I calculate all the expenses. Like I've already went through a few of them, mortgage, taxes, insurance, vacancy factor, like how often it's going to be vacant, um, property manager. I add up things like that. And then I make sure by talking to my property manager, hey, property manager, how much can I rent this property for? If they say, well, $1,300. Well, and my suggestion for everybody is $250 at a minimum in property or uh, uh, passive income. So if it's $1,300, I need to make sure that it rents for $1,050 or they, sorry, the expenses are $1,050 because then I have a minimum of $250. Remember, that's a minimum. I have properties that make me five, six, seven, $800 a month in passive income. The longer you own the property, the more it goes up. So we don't have to afford a property manager. In fact, we don't buy the property unless that is cost is accounted for. Do you pay them a commission? Because like the one that we have right now, they get 10% of the rent. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was Yes. Thinking. Well, different areas of the country and different cities in different states are different. Predominantly, it's percent, 8, yeah. 10, 12%. Other areas, like let's say if it's really, really expensive, I'll give you one example. Houston, I have property in Houston. They don't go by percentage rate, like 10%, because if it's renting for 2500 that's $250. And so you're like, wow, that's a lot of money taken up when he doesn't cost that much. So all the property managers compete. So usually it's about, a, well, it's a flat fee, but it's usually about $95 or $100 a month to manage a property. So it, it varies on state, but you would only know that if you're actually investing in, right. in other states. But what it comes down to is in whatever city you're investing, remember, we invest all over the country. We find a city has good inventory, right types of home. We want to buy and people want to rent. So three bedroom, two bath, 1,200 of 1,600 square feet, not too small, not too big where there's extra toilets, extra walls to paint and all that sort of stuff. And the ones that everybody either wants to rent or buy, when we do that, then we find the right property managers. Then once we have the property managers, then we find the mortgage brokers, the uh, uh, insurance agents and all that sort of stuff. So we build the business. So before we buy any properties, as soon as we buy the property, we just put it into the business. Mm, I love this. I love this. And clearly, Dustin, we could talk for hours and days and everything else. So I definitely need to attend your conference coming up. So we'll be talking about that offline for sure. Absolutely. Um, And we really uh, need to wrap up, but I have a few more questions. But before I do, I just want to mention to the listeners that at the end of the, at the end of the show, if you're thinking, I could never start a business, I have someone in mind for you that will help you take money secure um, tax and penalty free out of your 401k to start a business. So please listen to talking about Daniel Blue at the end of the show. And Dustin, just you mentioned so many amazing things. And the one of the two of the takeaways is one generational wealth. And two, we are all in the people business because you're just doing, you're just making those connections and you're building the business before you buy the inventory, which is huge. So I guess that's three things. But um, I really want to know, because you are creating this generational wealth for your family, what do you want to be remembered for? What would be your legacy? Oh, so that goes back to 
really goes back to the Bible. The Bible says, love God and love others. Mm -hmm. And so Christ also, Jesus Christ came not to be served, but to be a servant. So if anything I'll be remembered for is that I loved others just like I loved God. And with that, I was a servant to many, as many people as possible. That goes in line with my goal of making helping 1 million people become financially dependent through real estate investing. Well, I can tell you, you're already an example of that right now. Thank you. <laughs> Thank welcome. you, Shay. I appreciate you're it. You're welcome. And how can people connect with you? We mentioned the website, but is there an email, not an email, but social media, anything like that, LinkedIn, Instagram? Totally. And actually, I have a, a free course. I would love to give it. It just shows everything. Yes. You mind if I share that with everybody? Yeah, that'd be great. Awesome. Yeah, I would just love to give you this, like just in blueprint, in your show you how to find an area of the country to invest, build the business, how to make sure you're making $250 a month in passive income. If you text the word rental, R-E-N-T-A-L, rental to 33777. Rental to 33777. I'll literally give it to you. And I've even had people buy their first property because of this. You can even go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. All one word forward slash free course. I just want to see as many people change their lives. I also do have my podcast, the Master Passive Income Podcast. It's a solo show. It's literally just me giving out as much content, like teaching. In fact, this most recent show was like, how do you invest with rising interest rates? Well, I'm an investor. I'm excited interest rates are going up. So yes. well, listen to that episode because it's, it's yes. really awesome. With that, I also have my YouTube channel. I just, you know, just look at Master Passive Income or Dustin Heiner on just any anywhere. You'll find me. But it's just been great helping as many people, hopefully helping your audience realize that what was really traumatic for me, losing my job, and then also my property manager was stealing from me. I didn't let that stop me. I just right. kept pushing through mm -hmm. because if we let that stop us, then you're not getting back up. Like you're not learning from any mistakes. In fact, I say the story because I love this uh, saying or this proverb. A smart man learns from his own mistakes, but a wise man learns from other people's yes. mistakes. My mistake was putting my life in somebody else's hands. Well, you want to learn from somebody else's uh, successes as well. That's what you do when you're wise. The last little quote I'll give you. I love this quote. When is the best time to plant a tree? Well, mm -hmm. it was 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. Next best time is literally today. And you don't want to be thinking back, oh man, 20 years from now, oh, I was listening to Shay's you know, podcast and she gets so many great things on business and life and everything. I should have taken advantage. I should have done it 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. Don't be like that. You want to plant that tree today. Get started literally today because never ever will it be the best time other than right now. Mm, yes. Well, yes, yes. I, I can just <laughs> applaud you say amen for preaching that. There yes, yes. Uh, and, which is funny. So funny that that leads me to the last question. But before I get to that, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for, for sharing your time, for sharing your knowledge, but also for sharing your heart because you are so passionate about what you do and it just exudes, it radiates from you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank Shay. you for being that. here. Yes. Thank and you. so I always like to finish with this last question and you probably have already said it because you've said so many amazing nuggets. Uh, what is the phrase scripture or mantra are you living by right now? Love God and love others. That's the only thing that really mm -hmm. matters to me. And it's because that's, that's literally what like the, the Bible says, like this embodies what the law and the prophets are is love God and love others. And honestly, the more I do that, the better my life gets and the better everybody else's life gets. I love it. And just to recap, we will be putting the free gift in the show notes as well. So thank you so much for, for sharing all the many, many, many beautiful things that you shared with us today, Dustin. Thank you for having me, Shay. 
And thank you for listening to the Power of Investing in People podcast. If you took notes, because how could you not? I mean, he said so many awesome things that uh, if you please go over to Apple Podcasts, leave us an honest review and share this with your friends. And, you know, you can always email us at heyshay at shaysparks.com. We would love to hear your feedback. And until next time, let's get fired up. Charlie Network and Global Sisterhood Podcast Network. Sponsored by Sparks of Fire International, where we get you fired up about your life and business and Quest Education. What if you could use the money inside your retirement account penalty and tax-free and use that money to start your own dream business? Our friend Daniel Blue from Season 5, Episode 5 over at Quest Education is so kind to give you, our listeners, their How to Grow Your Money Tax-Free online course completely complimentary just for listening to today's show. We invite you to find out more about their generous opportunity at the link in the show notes. So just imagine the business you could start with your freed up money.